Welcome to the Baby in the Bathwater podcast. I'm your host, Annie McCasland-Pexton. Join me as we rethink wellness in the time of COVID. This podcast is recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations in so-called Melbourne, Australia. I acknowledge the Wurundjeri people as the traditional owners of this land and note that sovereignty was never ceded. I pay my respects to Wurundjeri elders past, present and emerging and extend that respect to the traditional owners of the lands on which my guests and listeners reside. By this stage, you've probably already realized that this podcast will not shy away from controversy. I should also take this moment to warn you that I do occasionally swear. If any of my clients are listening, I'll also warn you that I have very strong political views, especially when it comes to racism. I am deeply committed to being anti-racist and to investigating my own internalized white supremacy as well as institutional and structural racism, which can present in ways you and I may never have considered before. This can be triggering if you're a white person who hasn't explored this in depth yet. If you don't feel resourced enough to handle this, then maybe don't listen yet. I always maintain a neutral space in a clinic setting, but this is definitely not a neutral space. You have been lovingly warned. As you can probably tell, this podcast is not professionally produced. It is a one-woman show, and I am very much an amateur. I am doing minimal editing, and I'm trying to use the first take wherever possible. This is partly because I don't have a lot of time, but also because I firmly believe that perfectionism is an aspect of white supremacy and the patriarchy, and I am trying to dismantle my internalized white supremacy and misogyny wherever possible. I will speak more about this topic in future episodes, but for now, just know that if I gave in to my perfectionism, this podcast would never reach your ears. My wish is that every imperfection in this podcast gives you permission to embrace your perfectly imperfect self in all its glory. And hopefully you will be at least a little bit inspired to pursue your own creative endeavor without the tyranny of perfection breathing down your neck. Personally, I'm using the podcast as a form of therapy and gently Encouraging myself to produce and disseminate an imperfect product is part of that. It is also a form of group therapy as I speak with guests who, like me, have been disappointed and disillusioned with the spiritual and wellness community over the last year. I hope it provides a form of therapy for you, the listeners, as well as you eavesdrop on our debriefing sessions. It is, of course, no substitute for actual therapy, which I've been doing fortnightly for the last six years, and I encourage you to do too if it is accessible to you. I fully acknowledge that access to quality therapy is not available for many people financially and logistically. I'm extremely grateful and privileged to live in Australia where we have socialized healthcare and access to government-subsidized counseling via telehealth. This should be universally accessible. The idea for this podcast was a seed that started germinating in June of 2020 when someone shared a post on Facebook with a cartoon depicting the mainstream media focusing exclusively on so-called race riots and ignoring the elephant in the room of child trafficking and pedophilia. I was in shock that I seemed to be the only person in the private group in which it was shared that had an issue with this. Of course, no one knew I had an issue with it because I stayed silent, something that I'm still trying to come to grips with to this day. These are the questions that I've been trying to answer ever since. One, why did this post get shared and liked by my 
friends in the spiritual community. Two, why didn't I say anything about it? And three, how do we counteract the hijacking of the spiritual and wellness community by Q-type conspiracy theories? Was it actually hijacked or has it been like that all along? Hopefully I don't need to deconstruct for you what was so problematic with this post, but for the sake of clarity, I will try. First of all, the use of the term race riots is totally inappropriate as race riot actually refers to a riot caused by racial hatred. In this case, the Black Lives Matter protests in the wake of George Floyd's murder by police officers were protests about police brutality and the targeting of black people by the police, as well as other forms of systemic racism in America. The protesters were upset about racial hatred, but they were not motivated by their own racial hatred, which is what a race riot is. If you want an example of a real race riot, you should research the Tulsa race riots of 1921, which should actually be called the Tulsa Massacre, when white mobs burned down 1,200 homes and murdered an estimated 300 black Americans. The second issue with the cartoon is that when it refers to child trafficking and pedophilia, it is not actually referring to those issues, which are of course extremely important and should not be ignored, especially considering how disproportionately they affect black, indigenous, and people of color. You only need to Google the acronym MMIW, which stands for Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women, to get a sense of how big a problem it is. But this is not what the cartoon was referring to. The post that went with the cartoon the text was referring to the conspiracy theories that involve secret cabals of politicians, Hollywood, and the so-called elite, all of which, of course, we now know are coded language for Jewish people who steal children and do unspeakable things to them. If you want to make the cartoon more accurate, you could replace the so-called race riots with QAnon propaganda about child trafficking, and the elephant in the room is child sex abuse within families and local communities, which is where most of it occurs, as well as missing and murdered indigenous women and other issues such as abuse in state-run institutions, such as boarding schools for indigenous children in Canada and Australia, etc. By focusing on this sick and twisted fantasy of an invisible elite that are abusing children, QAnon actually makes people feel safer because it is so far removed from their everyday life. When in fact, most child abuse and ab an abduction happens within families and local communities, which makes it much harder to protect against. But this is a whole huge topic in itself, which I will dive into in future episodes. But for now, I'm just setting the scene of where this story all started back in June 2020. So in a very strange way, this whole podcast is kind of a complicated love letter to a friend, an old friend who I have temporarily lost to the QAnon rabbit hole. And when I think about the trajectory of this whole situation, um, the arc goes back further with her than with anyone else that I know, because this is somebody that I've known for like 14 years. Um, and she was the first person that I saw crossing over between the kind of 
natural, holistic, organic, alternative wellness sphere into the right-wing conspiracy sphere. I saw, I saw it in her before I saw it in anyone else. And one of the things that I, I noticed her posting on social media was stuff from the health ranger, Mike Adams, and his website, naturalnews.com. And I followed Natural News on Facebook. I may have subscribed to their newsletter um, until I started to realize that it wasn't just about natural wellness and healthcare. It was also about guns and not like gun control, but like guns are good and bad people are trying to take away your right to guns. And I am not a fan of guns. I'm a big fan of gun control. So that was worrisome to me. And after a few posts along those lines, I unsubscribed on Facebook and email. And at some point down the track, Natural News actually got banned off of Facebook as well. So I thought I would do a bit of a dive into the history of my relationship with sites like Natural News and the part that they may have played in the radicalization to the far right of people in the natural health and wellness sphere. So when I looked through my email archives, and so it's times like these when someone who has 40,000 emails, un, 40,000 unread emails in their inbox uh, becomes a, a good thing because I have this archive. I, I think I actually deleted all of the emails that actually came from Natural News when I unsubscribed to them, just like I did with Dr. Mercola when I unsubscribed to his emails at some point in the last year. But there were still a few when I just did a search in my email, including um, an article from Natural News that I had forwarded to this friend in 2011. And I'll read you an excerpt from the article, but I just really hope that I am not the one who introduced her to Natural News because I have a suspicion that Natural News was one of the main radicalizing forces in her life. And it would be really ironic if it was me who introduced her to it. But I'm guessing this was not the first time that she came across Natural News. When I sent her an article in 2001 called Think Health, Not Illness, and it's about cancer and says, so you've been diagnosed with cancer. What will your mind, what will be on your mind from now on? And goes on to talk about a bunch of stuff. And then has a list of natural self-care cancer treatments that you should include. Now, it's not saying that you should only do these things. And I certainly wouldn't have been suggesting that when I forwarded this article to my friend at the time. I forwarded it because I liked the simplicity of it. And I agreed with all of the suggestions, such as natural self-care cancer treatment should include thorough detoxing, especially bowels, consistently avoiding all animal-based foods, drinking fresh vegetable juices and wheatgrass juice, drinking lots of pure water for rehydration, eating 80% plant-based raw organic food, eliminating sugar and processed foods, taking supplements, um drinking kombucha, eliminating chemicals from personal care products, 
physical exercise in fresh air and sunshine and dealing with unresolved emotional issues. Now, most of those things for the most part are good advice as far as I'm concerned. I definitely have updated my beliefs on detoxes. Um, Yeah, juicing, raw food. It's, uh, but you know, I tend to think that reducing sugar and processed foods is good and I definitely take supplements and I definitely try to avoid synthetic chemicals in my personal care products, etc. Anyway, it's not a terribly controversial article. But this is this is the slippery slope that that we found ourselves on because People emailing each other articles about natural health somehow turned into um, we all need guns to protect ourselves from the government and their evil agenda. So when I was doing some research for this episode into Mike Adams and natural news and what the trajectory of his influence has been, I came across an article from the Genetic Literacy Project. Now, mind you, that's a somewhat dubious website because They're basically people who are trying to promote genetically modified organisms and other genetic engineering, which I have to say I am still quite skeptical about GMOs. Not in all cases, but it's definitely something that I would think twice about ingesting. So they might have a uh, bias of their own. But in this case, they've done some really good work of compiling uh, a history and a list of Mike Adams' as they call it, empire of misinformation. And they have an infographic that has a list of what looks like mm, over 50 websites that he owns personally. And reading through it, like a lot of it is like naturalmedicine.news, naturalnews.com, etc. But then you have something called libtards.news. So that's a fun website to have a look at. I don't recommend it unless you have a very strong stomach. But one of the more recent articles on libtards.news written by Mike Adams himself and published on the 19th of March, 2021, is called Here's Why Wokies, brackets leftists, no longer qualify as human, dot, 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 and are devolving into a life form with less sense than fire ants or bacteria. Well, that's the most clickbaity title I've ever seen. Also extremely problematic anytime you try to say that any person or group of people is less than human because that's what sets us up for things like the Holocaust. But I will just read you a little bit more of this so that you understand what we're dealing with. Um... Something that is is a little bit ironic here when he's talking about certain groups of people being stupid is that there's actually a blatant typo in the article when he says, but it's just just gorillas that are more human than Wokies. I believe that's supposed to be, it's not just gorillas that are more human than Wokies. In Texas, we have fire ants. And if you stick your hand in a fire ant mound, those fire ants will defend their border and defend their home. Even fire ants believe in border security and self-defense. But Wokies are incapable of grasping such concepts and prefer to see their nation overrun by invading illegals. So clearly um, racist. 
Um, in fact, even disease-causing bacteria like E. coli are a life form more than Wokies, as E. coli act on a natural instinct to reproduce and survive while Wokies murder their own babies. So he's clearly anti-abortion. And celebrate the destruction of their unborn children. Wokies embrace, embrace cancel culture because ultimately they want to cancel themselves. They hate their own bodies, so they pretend to be transgender in order to escape their own skin, which feels alien to them because they aren't human to begin with. So transphobic and, again, dehumanizing. Anyone on the left of the political spectrum, that's a lot of people who aren't people, according to this guy. <sighs> what I discovered is truly astonishing that E. coli bacteria, which may live in your rectum, are more intelligent and have a more complex neurobehavioral adaptive response than Wokies slash leftists. Remember that the next time you flush. Leftists are all about destruction, darkness, censorship, death, suffering, anti-knowledge, and anti-human agendas. That's because many of them are literally demon-possessed human skin bags. So they aren't really human at all. Again, with the very dangerous dehumanizing. In fact, they despise humanity and seek its total destruction. Don't mistake Wokies for Wookies, as Wookies are empathetic, intelligent, caring life forms that actually help defend human freedom against evil tyranny, like the Empire. Just to make sure you don't get confused, we have a comparison chart showing the difference between Wookiees and Wokies, which they have on the website. Now, I'm extremely personally offended that they're using Star Wars analogies here because Star Wars is sacred to me, and I don't appreciate the invocation of Wookiees in this article, especially considering that on the same website, there's another article about the Lincoln Project and the celebrities who support it and their homosexual pedophilic um, agenda, including they highlight um, Luke Skywalker himself, the actor, Mark Hamill, as somebody who is in on this leftist wokey agenda. So I think that means they don't have a right to invoke Star Wars analogies personally. Anyway, that's enough of libtards.news. I don't recommend that you visit their website. But this is what we've devolved from, from like how to improve your health when you have cancer to why uh, wokey leftists are less than human. And this is the kind of far right-wing fascist, neo-Nazi, dehumanizing propaganda that leads to violence and it's in there with you know promotion of guns that leads to violence when you dehumanize a group it makes it a lot easier for people to feel comfortable killing large groups of people as happens regularly in america so this this is why i'm so passionate about this stuff because this is dangerous violence inciting hate inciting ideology that just started out from a website that was supposed to be about natural health care so how, how did we get here? Hear your comments, questions, observations. Have you noticed similar trends over the years? You can leave me a voicemail message by going to www.thebabyinthebathwater.com and click 
on the message icon. And I can, if you consent, I can include the message as part of a podcast episode, or I can just use it for feedback. If you'd like to financially support the podcast, you can also go to www.thebabyinthebathwater.com and click on the support icon to make a monthly donation, which will honestly probably help me to hire someone to help me produce the podcast so I can get more episodes out to you. If you'd like to help spread the word about the podcast, you can leave a review on iTunes, you can subscribe, and you can share it on social media, especially Instagram at the baby in the bathwater. You can also support my endeavors by buying a copy of my book, Invisible Work, An Ex-Lawyer's Guide to Self-Care. The book is available in paperback or ebook from Amazon, or if, like me, you think Amazon is a little bit evil, you can buy it from lulu.com or via my website, consciouslycreatingchange.com. Stay tuned for episode three with my guest, Hala Wong. Hala is a toxic spirituality disruptor. She unpacks and reveals the harmful impacts of practices within the wellness industry and how they contain patterns and language of abuse, racism, ableism, and anti-trans ideology. She believes that spirituality and justice can be integrated. We just have a lot of BS to dismantle first. Hala has recently gone a bit viral on Instagram thanks to her satirical videos, A Day in the Life of Wunan Goddess, but our chat was very serious. No bloopers this week because I'm just too perfect, lol.